I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Rooks, and you're listening to You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. Hello and welcome to You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast, a podcast about lesser-known music by lesser-known artists that we believe are as good, if not better, than that in the mainstream. This is Season 3, Episode 14, with our special guest, Rooks. Hello, Rooks. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And, <laughs> and, and how are you? I'm doing alright, I'm getting by, yeah. Good, good, good. And as always, on the show, with me, Neil and Wayne, how are they? In your own All right, mate. <laughs> good. Wayne? Yeah, not too bad. You do this every time, and me and Neil are always like, who's going to speak first? Who's going to go first? first? Yeah, because we don't want to talk over each other. <laughs> and then we both go together. And the world implodes. <laughs> I'm all right, mate, apart from the fact we didn't implode the world this time. I'm not going to ask in future. Um... <laughs> Cool. So yeah, this is a podcast about us now music. Like I said, we have different sections, a head-to-head section, and me, Neil, and Wayne will bring a lesser-known song by a lesser-known artist that has been sent to us over the email through the submissions, and our guest will decide at the end of the section which is her favourite song out of the three. It's then like the Thunderdome. We... Yeah, that sounds very exciting and dramatic. <laughs> It's like the Thunderdome. Three people enter, one at one, one winner emerges. One leaves. <laughs> got it. We'll move on to our new section, which has been stolen from the B-side, which we don't do anymore, because I got fed up of it for the moment. Maybe do it again in the future. We'll see. But we've stolen the wild card, which is a lesser-known piece of work by a lesser-known artist who we don't know because we haven't chosen it yet. It's going to be selected at random through the emails that have been sent to us, and it's going to be all very exciting, I'm sure. Then... Neil's favourite section, the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode, go. When, no, Neil was challenged with finding... I was challenged. Challenged this week with finding some house music. So that's what Neil did. Music in the house. Exactly. And then at the end, we'll be catching up with our special guest, Rooks, and she'll be telling us all about the stuff she hasn't been doing because she hasn't been able to because we've all been locked down and it's been shit. So. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds cheery. <laughs> 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 Tell us about all the things so, you haven't done. Oh. So that's in a nutshell. We might as well just go now. Yeah, early, okay. early night, everyone. Right. Okay. So we're going to move on. We're going, to, we're going to move swiftly on to our first first episode, first round, which is the head to head. 
Taylor chose Neil Raybould's song, um, which was by Parallax Skies. I forget what the song was called, but he Judith. chose that. Judith, yes, yes. So, Neil, you get to go first this week with your tunage. OK, um, so the um, the submission I'm bringing this week is uh, Ronaldo Moya with his composition, Walking Shadow. Um, is it Walking Shadow or is it Waking it's walking Shadow? shadow walking, yeah, walking Shadow. Walking yeah. Shadow. I, I keep getting it wrong. And I, I, I knew I was going to get it wrong, but uh, yeah, I, I did actually get it right. Walking Shadow. So, enjoy. Thank you. 
So that was Ronaldo Moya with uh, Walking Shadow. Bit of an unusual submission compared mm. to what we, we normally go with, but it, it caught my attention. It was sent through to us. It was a piece of music. It met the criteria. For what a, is the criteria? Um, not... There isn't anything. Anything, really. Um, <laughs> it's good, it's good. <laughs> we'll play it. Any 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 music which which isn't which isn't recognised in the mainstream really so um, as long as you're not fucking signed to Universal we're good to go <laughs> yeah as long as you're not going to sue us for playing your music again mm. so yeah a little bit about background about this uh, Ronaldo Moya is a, a Venezuelan-born uh, classical composer who is now based in Minnesota was the composer at residence at the Schubert Club in Minnesota from uh, 2017 to 2019. He's written various film, TV scores, col- uh, collaborated with people on operas, I believe. Yeah, massive, massive amount of musical accolades to his name, uh, all in the sort of classical arena. And this is his debut um, EP, really. I, I, don't, I don't want to say uh, he's sort of stepping into the mainstream, but it's his, uh, it's his sort of debut uh, release of original music, if you want, into the, uh, the more commercial market. It's a four-track EP that the song I brought is the title track, Walking Shadow. I'm frantically trying to find the details I had on it. Uh, so this was this lost. was music for a more commercial angle? Compared to compared to the kind of operas Com- that he compared, normally... Uh, compared to what he was normally doing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, it, 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 it's a slightly different thing. Um, I'd imagine by commercial it's more for like TV and theatre mm. and stuff, whereas before it'd probably be more of a... a an, even more well, niche. It yeah. is actually it is actually a released piece of music rather mm-hmm. than, as you say, a um, a composition for for a particular purpose. This particular track is inspired by the works of William Faulkner. So, um, I mean, classical music isn't really my bag normally, and this this came on, and um, very quickly I realised what it was going to be. And uh, strangely, by, by 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 then I was sort of hooked and drawn into it, and it, it kind of it does sort of take you on a, a sort of weird journey. There's a number of things going on. I mean, I mean, it kind of starts off very much like I, I sort of put it in mind of a film soundtrack, and I'm kind of getting elements of like a Psycho or a slasher film, mm. and then it quickly moves into like a sort of ambient sci-fi type thing, getting like aliens, and then it kind of goes into sort of like a sort of Dickensian murder mystery. But the thing is, it like it beautifully transitions between all of these different things. And just like, uh, you don't really see where the seams are. And I found that fascinating. It just bounces from one to another. Ah, there you go. Use your, your phrase, Wayne. <laughs> it just kind of like carries you on that journey. And so, so you kind of like, you know, it's really, I sort of sat down and thought about it afterwards. And I thought, okay, so we've got slasher horror to aliens to Dickensian murder mystery. Somebody needs to make that film. It sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Where's yeah, Ridley um, Scott when you need him? Yeah. Making more shit alien films, that's what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ronaldo has got a, um, a number of classical awards to his name. Uh, I know nothing about classical music, but uh, my uh, my wife is, is classically trained, and I kind of I kind of read about to her. So, uh, yeah, he's a he's a recipient of the Charles Ives Fellowship, the McKnight Composers Fellowship, and the Aaron Copeland Award. Apparently, those are really big names in classical. Glad you went music. out your way to find them, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I um, I liked it. So start with Wayne. What did you think? Why starting with me? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's incredible. That's that's what I think about this piece of music. It's you know, when 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 you swing for the fences, Neil, you'd win every week. And this is stepping away from your usual Neil music. 
and, and bringing something like this. And it's completely outside the box and it's outside everybody's thinking. And it's so, you know, there's so many ways to describe it. So many adjectives you can use for this music. The, the, the ones I've got written down here, it's, it's cinematic, obviously. It's frantic. It's balletic. It's, it's all those things. Balletic. It's, it's brilliant. You have to explain that one. Which one? It just makes words up, Neil. It's Which one? <laughs> Fair enough. Makes them up and you just have to go but along with it. Did you say balletic? Which one? Which what does one? that mean? Balletic. It means from a ballet. Oh, okay. It's music from a ballet, right. but it's balletic. I've, le- I've learned something Good word. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's brilliantly intense, and it screams for your attention the minute it starts. You know, those fantastic Bernard Hermanesque, as you said, Psycho, you know, Bernard Hermanesque strikes on, on, the, on, the, on the violin it, and, and cello. It, it drags you in. It, it wants your attention. And then, and then it takes you on this journey. And for me, it's a journey of three, you know, it's, it's, it's well-formulated. It's, you've got the, the, the intro... Where it's sort of like for me, it's something it's something something stalking somebody through a forest, and then you get like the more intense middle section where running away from from you know the, the chase and, and the confrontation, and then you finish on the third section, which is be like being sat around a, a fire and having having the story told to you. You know, I once went through the forest and I knew something was watching me. Then it gave chase and you know, that sort of thing. It, it's just yeah, I, it's brilliant. That's all I got for it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a bit Who's too pretentious for me. What did you think about it, Rooks? <laughs> um well uh, number one i love the fact that it's um like the two of you found it so stimulative in terms of imagination um and storytelling i i really love me some strings like if you follow my youtube series you'll know that like as a producer you'll struggle to stop me introducing strings into a track if i can hear that there's a place for them but this isn't the kind of stuff i would necessarily elect to listen to because it's kind of like staccato to the max like it's very as you say it's it's very intense and it struck me um outside of a soundtrack score you know outside of that story is being quite jarring like almost aggressively atmospheric and (laughs) that's why I laughed when you said commercial because I've just got written down here (laughs) avant-garde very avant-garde I think very avant-garde um but um I, I like the fact that you taught me a word today balletic I did also think you could probably get some really great choreography out of it um, if it was it's handed funny, over to a dance company. It's funny you say that, because I've got written down here that it reminds me of um, In the Upper Room by Philip Glass, which is mm. modern dance ballet. That yeah. sort of sound. You also did the, um, going back to film scores, you also did the score for um, Candyman as well. Philip Glass. Oh, wow. but, okay. um, really in the Upper Room is scene, so... In the Upper Room is so... In the same vein as this is so intense and it's so energetic and jarring and, and it puts me straight in mind of this. Mm, interesting. Mm. You got nothing else to say, Rich? Just pretentious? Um, no, no, no. I do, <laughs> I do like it. I, I like classical music, so I do like this. But um, I, it, it reminds me of, you know, old uh, silent movies, the kind of music you'd have over a silent movie because the, the people can't tell the story, so the music would tell the story. So that's what this is. It, you know, it's... It, it reminds me of Nosferatu and things like that. Mm, I was but, thinking only Dracula really could work as a silent movie only yeah. over this, yeah. Yeah, but um, as, a, as a piece of music to stick in my playlist, no, it, it's it's not, no. And I do have classical music in my playlist, but this this, this isn't for easy easy listening. This is quite intense and it mm. makes you feel, it makes you feel kind of anxious when you're listening to it. Yeah, you feel a bit agitated. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm not taking away from it. It's technically brilliant, um, but no, it, it's it's not from not from my playlist, unfortunately. But it is, yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. I it's emotive. Yeah. Um, Just um, a, a, a little snippet from um, Ronaldo's uh, website here, which I love. 
uh, where he's describing his music. He says, as a composer of both opera and instrumental music, I find myself constantly telling stories about places that do not exist. Mm. I just think that's an awesome quote. Mm. Okay. That's the, um, that, uh, yeah, I, I, I just love that mentality. Yeah. I like that. Let's, let's, let, let, let's, let's describe places that do not exist and take people there. Cool. So are we spent? I believe so. Wayne, you can go next. Okay. I'm bringing Erotic Secrets of Pompeii and their song, They Wouldn't Let Me Write My Book. Enjoy.
So that was the Erotic Secrets of Pompeii with their song They Wouldn't Let Me Write My Book. The Erotic Secrets of Pompeii are an apocalyptic lounge act from Bristol playing transgressive art punk while redefining the lines between music, self-exorcism and surrealist menswear. The band is Thomas, uh, Thomas Horton on tonsils and tonsils and pelvis, Tom Hackwell on textures and penumbra, Sean Jones on string theory, Julian Port on bottom and Alex Old on shamanic wallet pots. As you can tell from that, they, these guys are Excellent. completely in a different, completely wow. in a different layer of something. Yeah, they are out there. You know, the, the first thing I love about this song is it's just a wall of fuzz. Everything has got distortion and fuzz on it. He's vocalised everything has to start with, and that sort of gets you a bit off kilter. And then when the song settles down, he, he knows when to stop the intro. He knows when it's it's run its course, and then does into something else. And I like the energy that comes with that. It's great. These, these guys are a really good band. I really enjoyed um, their album, which has eluded me at the moment because this is a new song they've released just recently. I think the song is about whistleblowing and covers cover-ups. You know, the whole they wouldn't let me write my book because he's saying you know love will set you free and sex will set you free and all this sort of stuff. And then he's I'm going to write all this truth down, and then they won't let me release it because he's going to put too many people. I, I think he may be at the BBC if I'm honest but yeah, um, um, even though it's, it's quite dark I find that it's still quite playful and I like songs that can do that can sort of balance on the knife edge between doing both but yeah I, I, I love this band and I love this song so uh, we'll start with you Brooks what do you think? Okay, well, number one, what a great band name. Oh, my God. Fantastic. I just literally gravitated so hard towards that band name when I heard it. I was like, yes. This this track very much belongs on, um, like, I, <laughs> true to form, being from the Midlands, I am a Peaky Blinders fan. And uh, I really feel like this track would sit well within one of their series soundtracks. Um, and this, this kind of track is very much my cup of tea. The fact that they shift into almost scar vibes it's like if madness wrote yeah, angry songs so and i mean i'm a fan of idols and savages and life so this kind of thing just has massive appeal for me so yeah i liked it liked it a lot yeah plow what rain um different isn't it really different you seem to be bringing a lot of music each week for some reason it reminds me of the, the mighty boosh this was written the mighty boosh <laughs> oh yeah definitely well, um, because a few weeks ago, you pair kept pigeonholing me with Wayne music, so I thought, okay, <laughs> I'll step bring, out of the box again. And now you keep bringing Mighty Boosh music. Um, I like I like it a lot. I love, I love its randomness. I love its use of textures. Um, it's it, the way it changes up, and it, but it, it, a lot of music when it changes up into it can change up in, in such a way that it sounds like a different song. This doesn't sound like a different song, even though it changes up a lot. Mm. But it, it's such, a, it's such a good song and so unique. You can say something else about it, but I forgot. It's just yes, yeah, I like. I do, I do like it. It's very strange, very out, out of the out of the box. This one. Um, I've actually put on the you haven't heard this music podcast playlist, but I didn't do a promo for it. I forgot, forgot to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good. Different. I really, and... I really like in the song when he rolls the R in right and oh, then doesn't yeah. do it for like three or four times and then he does it again. Waiting for it. You waiting yeah, for it to do it I'm again. Lo- yeah. I love that, it's great. Neil? Fuzzy bass. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love me a bit of fuzzy bass. That was my best uh, Greg Wallace impersonation. I've been watching a lot of Celebrity Masterchef recently. Um, <laughs> that was all right, actually, yeah. when I went too bad. <laughs> I, I love a bit of fuzzy bass. <laughs> now, the first one was I'm going to do my George Clark impression now. <laughs> no, no, don't do that again. 
please don't do that. Um, yeah, it's this, this, this. I thought this song was absolutely brilliant. It's um, you know right from the get go. It's you know, to begin with. It's, it's like you say. It's like this distortion comes in. It just sounds a mess, and then this, <laughs> but but, it, but, it, but in a good way. And then this song emerges from it, and you're like, how did I get from that intro to here? But it works. Yeah. And yeah, you just 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 yeah, a lot of energy, a lot of vibrancy, a lot of fun, a lot of fuzzy bass. I think Brooks mentioned the um, the band name, absolutely awesome. I love it. And uh, what what you said about Peaky Blinders, I didn't consider that until you said it. But now I, I just can't. Next season of Peaky Blinders, I'm just going to be waiting for this song to come on. Absolutely, he would in a bar fight, yeah, fit perfectly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just imagine like sort of um, a bar fight in the yeah. library. The, the, garri- <laughs> yeah. the garrison kicks off, and uh, you know they all, uh, you know, all kicks off at the garrison, and they start, yeah, they start going into this, and um, yeah, I, I just I liked it a lot lyrically. I mean, I wasn't getting the same as, as you got from it, Wayne. I was like, for, for me, it's the whole thing about whether you know they're listing uh, all these things that can set you free and all that kind of thing. It's like for me, I was getting the, the fact that there's a lot of mixed messages around in the media and just just life in general at the moment. You know, it's like yeah. everything is contradictory. It's like you know you've got all these agencies with you know with you know agendas and extremes that are sort of being bombarded and pushed down your throat all the time it's like yeah, yeah this is this is this is the way to go though that's the way to go that, that i was getting that kind of thing from it but yeah what you said made sense as well it's um yeah think- just a, just a Totally great song. I think my choice of songs over the last few weeks is probably down to the fact of these guys and um, Black Magic Flower Power from the last episode as well. Both of them remind me of festivals and that festival vibe that yeah, you get from a band like this. And I think that's what he's because oh, I'm totally. missing festival. I should be going to a festival this weekend and it's obviously been cancelled. Oh, so, I think... They- the, the lo-fi quality of the track, I mean, it's like, I mean, lo-fi seems to be a bit of a buzzword at the moment, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's, uh, it can be used to cover up a lot, you know, a, a band can say, <laughs> you know, we'll go for a lo-fi sound, because That's why we sound shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whereas whereas with, with this, you, you, can see, you can actually see, it is lo-fi, but it's, but it's clearly an art form. It's, mm. it's, it's recorded that way because they wanted to sound exactly like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Cool. Can I go? Yeah. Okay. What so... would you have done if we'd said no? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, Richie, I fuck I, off. I don't know, because the next part... Go home. He would have gone anyway. I'd have gone anyway, because it's integral to the next part of the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you really threw me off my game there, Brooks. Thanks. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Might I say a few words? I'll, I'll behave now. <laughs> okay, so... Please don't. Goddamn. <laughs> got one bringing. <laughs> okay, so yes, I'm going next. Regardless of what you think, I'm going to bring <laughs> Black Needle Noise. Well, it's John Fryer. Oh, oh, did you say anything about Wayne's song? I did, didn't I? I said yeah, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you went for... Sorry, when you, when you said, can I go next, I thought you meant... Can I go next talking about Wayne's song? I forgot you'd already done it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so I'm going next with my song. I'm bringing Black Needle Noise or John Fryer. It's John Fryer with his project, Black Needle Noise. And his song, or their song, She Talks to Angels. Hello, listeners. Sorry for the intrusion, just to let you know, we won't be playing Richie's song, which was Black Needle Noise by John Fry and Andrew Picard. If you carry on listening, you'll find out the reasons why we can't play. So, yeah, on with the show. 
So that was She Talks to Angels by Black Needle Noise. Um, a bit about them before embracing the weekend. Uh, this is the email, by the way. Just, I'm just reading the email. It's just easier. Before embracing the weekend, I present you with the latest music from legendary producer John Fryer, the latest offering from his Black Needle Noise project. He joins forces with vocalist Angela Picard on the new single She Talks to Angels. Paying tribute to the Black Crows with their own unique twist and stylistic trademark released by Cleopatra Records, She Talks to Angels is the first taste of the coming album, These Mortal Covers, which will be released later this year. So yeah, um, there's a lot of people involved in this by the looks of it. It's a, it's not as out of the box as what your two's songs is. I think, I think it's got a lot going on. It's... This is this is out of the box for me, as you know. I, I'm not very big on the whole synth way of the whole uh, power pop thing. This is taking some of the some of the, the stuff from the 80s, making it more modern, mixing it up, making it better, and some 90s dancing there. There's a there's a lot going on in there. If you, if you just strip it back and let, you know take it apart, even though it's, it sounds like a simple song, there's there's a lot going on. And you've got that, that fuzzy bass in there as well, Neil. Fuzzy bass. <laughs> yeah, this just, is going to be the fuzzy bass episode. It's just a hooky and catchy song. It's as simple as that. You know, sometimes you just want to listen to a hooky, catchy song. And for me, that that that, that is this. And I like it. The vocals are brilliant. The music's fantastic. Rooks, what did you think? I also got quite strong 90s vibes from this. It reminds me kind of the the goth pop, like Shakespeare's sister that was sort oh, of... Oh, yeah. I've got that written down here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at that time, I that was kind of like the overwhelming influence that I got. Uh, maybe even like a few flashes of Alicia's Attic vocally, although they're a lot more pop. But yeah, very dark ethereal vibes. I think the style of the vocal delivery was quite interesting because choosing the vocalist they did... Um, her style verges almost on Americana um, or even like in terms of some of her kind of blasting towards the end sounds a little bit like country rock I'm sorry to bring the c word into this but um, (laughs) I really liked the blast fade synth strings at the end of choruses but also like the industrial feel of the drums um, really appealed to me. Um, the only downside was that it didn't vary enough for me. Like, I did get a tiny bit bored about two-thirds of the way through, and I kind of just wanted something else, mm. just like an extra element or a drop or something to clear some room. But it was like, but that's okay. Sometimes that happens. be a good club song, a really good club song. I think maybe if there was a shorter radio edit. Mm. It reminds me of, like, um, when I used to go to, like, gothic rock clubs when I was about 16, I used to go to Culling Academy for their rock night. They'd play stuff like this. Yeah. Wayne? Um, I mean, yeah, I echo everything uh, Rooks has said. You know, it's it's got that dark electro vibe, like like she said, Shakespeare's sister. I've got Shakespeare's sister sort of meets Gary Newman and Soft Cell. That sort Ooh, of, nice. you know, 90s and 80s twitched together. I mean, Rich, you're treading on some dangerous territory here because this is synth, this is drum machines, this is everything that you hate. You do you know, probably mate and all one. of it. The, the fuzzy bass in this is a synth. It's not a bass. Yeah, it's no, a synth no, no, no. doing... Yeah, it's a very very analogue sound for some reason I've grown attached to the analogue bass sound I do like that come to the dark side mate come to the dark side I can't come come completely over because 
I'm, 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 I'm still struggle with 80s power pop a lot. It comes on the radio. <laughs> the different I, I, things. You got, you got to, you got to not, not. No, you just can't no, mix no, the I'm two. Just, I'm on about the synth, the sound, the sound of the 80s. It's just, it wasn't refined enough. It wasn't perfected. It didn't need to go out yet. It was like, okay, I'll see where you're going. Just keep working on it. Oh, the nineties! You 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 you're doing okay now. You, you've you've got the sound sorted. You can emerge. The eighties was first generation, and it just didn't work for me. It makes me cringe, and it makes me kick the radio. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not all of going, it. Going of back to this song. <laughs> going, going back to this song, it does feel a little bit dated, and the chorus is incredibly hooky. Going to what Rook says, I've got written down here like she, the lead singer has like a '90s vibe to a, a, a voice like Cheryl Crow, Joan Armour, trading Tori Amos, that sort of vibe. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was getting for. And I'll put exactly the same as the guys as you. You know, I love that bass synth; it's fantastic. Just one question: What's the name of the album again? Oh fucking no! Let's have a look. It's the album is going to be called Wayne. Why would you ask me questions like this? Um, and I have available single reviews. Out, blah 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 blah. Was it like this mortal coat or this mortal something? Not this mortal coil. This mo- these mortal covers. Was it called? So, yeah, something like that. These mortal covers. Okay, can somebody do me a favour because I'm I'm access to computer or phone at the moment. Can somebody Google Black Crows and make sure that this isn't one of their songs? Ooh. Interesting, controversial. It is, yeah. Get into trouble for playing that if it is. is. No, if it's, if it is, it's not an original song. It's not in the ethos of the head to head. Not only that, not only that, uh, they might not have rights to the song, which means we can get in trouble for playing it. No, it's all right because it's uh, a cover, so it's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, it's it's like she, talks, she talks to angels. <laughs> yeah, she talks yeah. to angels. If, if just just, just for peace of mind, for, that's all. If oh, they recorded it for a commercial yeah. release, they will have a license. Uh, they have to, otherwise, they can't legally release it. Oh, it's on the, the Black, yes, the Black Crow, on... She Talks to Angels, is a song. Oh. It's, it's better as well. <laughs> so I'm just getting it up on YouTube. We've never, we've never oh, had this in three years. This is an advert. I lose by default. I think, though, um, folks, if they, if they have, if they're releasing it commercially as a cover, they'll have a licence for it, so you may well be if covered under their licence. La- if they're on a record label, yeah, there will be. But yeah. there's some people out there doing a lot of covers and they're just doing it for the sake of doing it, and um, I don't think they have mm. any permissions. The number of people involved, it sounds like it's going to be commercial. Mm. Yeah. Now this, this, this... It's not worried about permissions. I was I was more thinking about the fact that it's a cover song and it's for the head-to-head, mm. and we don't right. do that, do we? Well, we, we only don't do it usually because not everybody's got permission like these guys do, so it can... I don't know, it's up to you. It's the same song, isn't it? But, well, different, different, completely different... I can't hear you playing it. Yeah. Completely different arrangement, but... Oh, I've got my headphones in, so you can't hear what's on my computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take them out, it's fine. As long as we it's, know it, that. It, it's the same song. So this is this is new new territory, this is. Shall I? This is this is bloody good though, this version of it. <laughs> I, I think I actually prefer the one you bought, Rich, but this is this it's good. It, it, imagine the song completely with, with all the fuzzy bass stripped out. Oh no. Um shall, shall I quickly choose a new head to head? And play it now if you want. I mean, it's up to you. It's up to you. you. Can do that now. I mean, you can always you can always include the segment and then say we couldn't. Uh, we're sorry, we couldn't play it. It was disqualified. Oh, well, when the pain comes. Sorry, the cuckoo was going off. Do <laughs> angels? No, no, Neil, no. <laughs> oh. Just no. Just mute him, Rich. Just mute him. Bad name. <laughs> No, I'm not oh, taking boy. that out. I'm staying in. I've, I've muted him, and he's still peeking on the on the bar. 
So he doesn't know he's quiet yet, I don't think. Still there you go. Um, yeah, it's the same song. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got quite into the... It's a lot rockier, the Black Crows version. Okay, so my new song, because I messed up, is from Donny Jep. That's what that says. Brilliant. Is that... Is, is that right? Donny Jep? Donny Jep. Donny Jep. Oh, UK new... Newcomers drop new video and single ahead of new album. Drawing together a constellation of influences panning from Don Brocco and Bring Me the Horizon to the 1975 Donny Jep have sampled their mark on alternative rock pop with sturdy grooves, driving guitar work and contagious hooks. Donnie Jeb are set to soar with the release of their debut album, Lust, which is out on Friday the 10th of July. The Rising Quartet have also just revealed a new single and video for the album's namesake, Lust. So that's what this is. And there's a bit more on them, but you can find... We'll leave all the stuff in the show notes so you can check them all out and everything. So this is Lust by Donnie Jeb.
so that was Donny Jepp with Lust. That was, I don't remember putting that on my list, but I did. Um, wow, that was just like a fucking wall of sound, wasn't it? That? Um, wow, um, there was a lot going on with that. It was kind of like chance meets dubstep. And there's, like, you, you, have to, you have to listen carefully, but there's some nice, beautiful little melodies in there and, so, and a, such an array of different sounds being used. The, uh, I was using some sort of weird click at one point for the um, for the percussion and I was just yeah and the, Neil there's your bass right there fuzzy bass um, yeah I don't I don't really I, nearly, I nearly shouted that out in the middle of the song I was like yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, mu- I'm muted everyone um, yeah I, I do like it a lot it, I think this was a nostalgic piece for me and that's why I chose it it was it takes me back to my club days when I used to go out clubbing and listening to the, 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 going into the dubstep clubs and going into other clubs listening to Chance and this kind of it was like some sort of beautiful fusion of my you know my ute <laughs> yeah it's, it's very interesting the chopping and changing there was it wasn't just a straight piece of EDM loud war EDM it was it was interesting that, that, that did some interesting things in there I need to listen to it again to break it down properly but yeah that, that it wasn't it was quite complex I thought very layered the, the, the use of Vox the the, the, the one that they layered the Vox in it was yeah awesome um, Rooks I've got lots of thoughts now um, well for one thing I liked I loved the jump with the chorus it's actually a very brave thing to do a predominantly instrumental chorus I haven't heard that in a while, but I did. I mean, I did enjoy it. The one, the interesting thing is, um, like, there was a few little production things that I enjoyed, uh, like the use of a ticking clock in the intro, which then kind of made a reappearance later. And I really enjoy like the variations and the dynamics of the track. I could definitely hear very clearly the Bring Me the Horizon and 1975 influences and I'm not it's quite interesting because I'm not a massive fan of Bring Me the Horizon but I feel like I enjoyed those influences more than the 1975 influences in this song just because I feel like that that big wall of sound thick part was done very well but the more kind of pop influence verses needed like I don't know maybe the vocal just needed like a little bit more grit to kind of shuffle it in the direction of maybe something like Biffy Clyro Ooh, yeah but yeah it, it kind of felt like it went from polished to like wrecking guitars and I didn't although I enjoyed the jump I felt when it went back to the poppy verses it felt more like a come down than an easy transition does that make sense yeah it almost went new metal at one point yeah I felt <laughs> I was definitely yeah. getting elements of that yeah yeah um Wayne how do you describe this <sighs> What would you put in, you know, how would you bracket it? Because I've wrote pop metal EDM down. That's what <laughs> maybe, maybe the point is that you shouldn't try. Yeah. Alternative, Wayne. Um, it's alternative. I, I don't know what to think, if I'm completely honest. I'm, I'm all over the shop with it. The um, use of auto-tuning it, I think, is so misplaced because it took me out of the song every time they use it. There was one mm. point where they did, like, a run and it sounded like it was yawning. <laughs> And it, that didn't work for me at all. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was done really well. It's, it's, it's used too much as well. It's, it's all over the song. I think that's why yeah, you use it as an instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever listened to the Black Eyed Peas? Fuck me. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's skirting on the edge of Enter Shikari for definite. Um, I got definite influences from them guys. and that, you know, that Fallout skirts on. Boy, I was getting a bit as well. Yeah, that oh. sort of pop punky voice, yeah. Ish. 
Bust, busted almost in in the vocal sort of area, you know, mm. and and. And 1975, like, like they said, kind of reminds me at times, especially when you get to the dubstep chorus of Yelvis and Do You Like the Dubstep? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to think. I've only listened to it the one, so, yeah, I'm, I'm completely torn on it. It's completely. weird because it's, it's on my list, but I feel like it's the first time I've listened to it. <laughs> I don't know if it's gone in there by accident. I mean, I... Not that it doesn't deserve to. I think it's a fantastic piece of EDM. They've done really well with it. So, Neil? I could tell you exactly why you put it on your list. Okay. The drums. Um, go go, go I, away. I wouldn't say listen. that, Neil. But not, not, particularly we're not when... Because these, these, aren't, these aren't acoustic drums. They're, they're electric drums. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, very, they're very electric. They're very synthesised. But it's, it's when that fuzzy bass bit comes in. It's just so... It's just so oh, you powerful. Mean the bass, and you mean of... the drop when it goes do stuff and it goes into half you know, volume. It, it always sounds like somebody, somebody. It's very, very industrial. It always sounds like somebody beating the shit out of a, an oil drum at one point. It's I did go and see metal. Stomper a couple of years ago. They were good. It's, um, <laughs> but, 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 but you know, it's it just the, the, there's there's a power and intensity behind them. I think um, I think yeah. Listen to it again. Listen, fo- focusing on the drums, and I reckon that's why you uh, that's why you liked it so maybe, much. Maybe, maybe. But I mean, I I didn't dislike any of it. I thought it was it was all great. Perhaps a little bit too ambitious and a bit too messy in places. Um, I think that's been mentioned before that there's maybe a bit too much going on. But you know, fair play to them for what they were they were trying to do. Um, and they pretty much pulled it off. Yeah, there was a lot of different genres crammed into that. And, you know, I, yeah, we, it's, it's, it's absolutely impossible to pigeonhole. And for me, that's a good thing. Yeah, well, this, oh, is, this has been a clusterfuck of a head-to-head. It's quarter past <laughs> nine. It's the longest head-to-head we've ever had. It's fucking just, dread. I'm, I'm... Just, just one more thing on the failed head-to-head, Rich. You may want to edit this out, Wayne, so it's a warning, uh, depending on what we decide to do with the earlier song. Um, she Talks to Angels wasn't just a cover of a Black Crows song. Uh, incidentally, it was on their debut album in 1990, so that's why it felt a little bit dated. I think that was mentioned a few mm. times. It was also covered by uh, Shine Down, did an acoustic version of it on an acoustic album they released in 2014. I will be listening to that later because I fucking love Shine Down. And also, Mark Morton of Lamb of God did a cover of it on his uh, on his solo EP this year. So, uh, so he. He's been widely covered. Rooks, which was your favourite song? Um, I think I'm still in the camp of they wouldn't let me write my book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you very much, Rooks. <laughs> I'm just glad it's all over. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on. We're going to move on to our next section. The second section. We're moving on to the second section. It's so fucking long. The, the wild card. Let's, 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 just, let's just do this. We're moving on to the wild card. So... This is the section of the show. This is the section of the show where we, uh, where we pick another piece of random music, just like I've just done. I'm just going to flick through the emails, and Rooks, you're going to say stop. Okay, let me know when you started. Started ages ago. Oh blimey! Okay, stop. Okay, 
We have this person right here, Miles McCormack. Oh, great name. Mm. Belfast-based musician Miles McCormack occupies a very special place within the Irish music community. Behind, behind, behind his work with innovative trad fusion group Lonesome... What? Innovative trad fusion group Lonesome George. Punctuation, come on. Miles crafts careful. Miles crafts careful. Considered tales under his own name. In 2019, he released his debut solo album with a sold-out show in Belfast, Duncan. Duncan. Is that a Duncan Art Centre. It's a delightful original record which has been capturing hearts and minds ever since. From the wonderfully woven... Come on, there's some words in here that you're just taking the piss with now. Oh, it's melancholia. Melancholia. Fuck <laughs> oh, me. I am really struggling. Oh, dear. Oh, wonderfully woven melancholia of opening track when... When, that's the name of the track, when. Okay, when. To the throwback folk... Folk, folk, folk. Phantasm of merry-go-round and beyond. And stuff... In the show notes, check him out. I'm not reading anymore because I've lost my head and I don't care anymore. And they gave you tongue twisters with no punctuation. Yeah, that as well. So, yeah, Miles McCormack with his song that I, um, what did I say it was? But if you did. <laughs> Probably didn't. When? That's no, that's not that one, Rich. walking shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Miles McCormack. Though by demons I'll be driven, we will never be alone, they say. Nice to know, so good to know you, love to know you. By demons I'll be driven, ghosts and shadows sing my song. Leave a candle for your memory, bring heaven along. Though by demons I'll be driven, ghosts. Shadows in my song Leave a candle for your memory Bring everyone home Deck the halls with grins and gremlins Ghosts and shadows in my song Leave in my ship for the skeletons We'll never be alone Tis the season to be dreary Fire
was By Demons by Miles McCormack, Ireland's very own Miles McCormack. Can I have that as my head-to-head? Because that was fucking phenomenal. I agree. That was so good. That was. So I'm just going to say, you've, that was you've had two head to heads, you're having a third. That Stop was, being greedy. That was someone else, that was. There was so much. So much good going on at the same time with that song. It was in that. His, his guitar work was phenomenal. The drums, is, even though they were stripped back, there's not the use. Of, the, I don't know if you heard the cymbals, but mm. they did something with the cymbal. And it, it's, yeah, everything just sounded beautiful and it was just all structured beautifully. And the, the composition was amazing. And his voice and the, the way he layered his voice as well. It was just. That's going straight on my playlist. If that's on Spotify, that is phenomenal. I love that a lot. Did you like that, Wayne? Did, can, can, I, can I have this as my head-to-head? Please. Next week, yeah. So what did you think, Wayne? Right, let's start by saying that the music world lost somebody fucking fantastic recently um, in music school-wise in Ennio Morricone. And the guitar mm. work is so reminiscent of Ennio oh, yeah. Morricone's yeah, mm. rest rest in peace, Ennio Morricone. You're a fucking legend. The the guitar work in this is so reminiscent of the stuff he sort of does, and and the way it promotes a mood. Just you know, it's it's only a section of string played over again with a little slide in, and it gives you that. What's the name of the song again, Rich? Be, by was it by demons? Yes, by demons or by demon. I mean, it's perfect. The, the the way that song sounds, you know, and it's it's brilliantly Celtic, but it's also putting on other world music, you know, you know Emilio Morricone and that sort of Spanish guitar sounding. Then the, you get the Celtic drums come in. The, the first time they come in, it is it is it, it elevates that song so so much, and then they drop out again. It's brilliant. And then the second time they come in, and he puts the snare in, or he puts, you know. Um, the sort of higher sounding elevates the song even further. It's, it's brilliant. Absolutely, I think this is the best wild card we've had. Yeah, it is phenomenal. It is really, really good. I, I need to listen. This is one of those songs that you can listen to five, six, seven times and pull something new out of it. I think really good song. Rooks. Well, like I loved that, but it's. I know this is the kind of song that I would have been absolutely obsessed with about ten years ago. This is the kind of music that I was like completely immersed in. Um, but yeah, I agree. Phenomenal guitar work. Um, interestingly, the layered vocal is something that has been pulled from artists like Jose Gonzalez oh, and Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, very heavy Sufjan Stevens vibe in terms of vocal delivery and laying, layering. But also in terms of the arrangement, it kind of verges a little bit more into villagers' ter- territory, which of course is another Irish artist. But I think it was actually a bit bolder than villagers, perhaps in terms of the the stacking of the vocals towards the end and the sense of letting the guitar carry almost all the atmosphere. Like, the drums, obviously, as you say, elevated it. But also, I really enjoyed, lyrically, the fact that there was both Christmas and Talking Heads references (laughs) in one song. (laughs) Completely unexpected, but very much enjoyed. Neil? Um, I haven't really got anything else to add that hasn't already been said, but I 
you know, suffice to say I loved it. For me, I'm getting definitely the uh, Ennio uh, Morricone guitar. It's almost Ennio Morricone meets Clannad. Oh, yeah. There was that very, yeah, very yeah, sort of yeah. Celtic folk mm. vibe to it. That, um, the Celtic yeah. vibe in it was very, very subtle, I think. It was, I, I... It, well, it is with Clannad, really. I mean, um, you know, a lot of people say Clannad are Celtic, but, the, you know, there's um, they're more of a Celtic rock band, really, I suppose, mm. pro, 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 prog rock band with, with Celtic influences. But, uh, mm. At least on a lot, on a lot of the more commercial tracks. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Definitely the best wild card we've had. Yes, so again, that was Miles McCormack. You can go and check him out at all of his socials and on his website, and we'll put those in the show notes so you can check him out. And please do that because he seems awesome. I'll be checking out some of his other works because this is his, his latest release, so I can only imagine his other stuff's good as well. So check him out, show him some love and the likes. That was a quick section. Please, can we have a shit one next week? No. Let's move on to no, the You next... haven't done a shit one. It's not fun. It's really not fun. Okay, Trust me. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, like, it's like trying to review a piece of shit. How do you do that? It's, it's brown in texture. And it, we didn't even you know... talk about it. We came on, we listened to it, and I went, so yeah, that was so-and-so about with his song so-and-so. Let's move on to the next uh, section. <laughs> didn't say <laughs> That's a thing. Exactly what happened. Didn't say a thing let, about let's, it. Let's do that anyway. That's a good idea. Yeah. Right. Let's move swiftly on to our next section. And our final section. Well, no, not our final section, but our, it's our next section, which is the Intense Hardcore Johnny Musical Challenge. Go! So yes, the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go this week. Neil has brought some house music to play. The, should we play the house music? Yeah, play. Um, so shall I introduce it? It's um, you can introduce it. Uh, Chris Ianuzi, I think that's how you pronounce his name, with his uh, his track Planetarium. Enjoy.
So that was uh, Chris Ianuzzi with his, his track Planetaria. So yes, I was tasked with, with house music for this genre challenge, which to be honest was a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. Partly because I didn't really understand what house music was before I started to look into it. And uh, I know you're all probably waiting to say, well, you still don't. <laughs> Having brought that. <laughs> um, That's exactly what I'm going to do now. But, um, exactly what I'm going to do. I'll be the first to admit I've taken a few liberties, really. I mean, what, what I have brought is a piece of... Pr- Neil, Neil, what I have brought you may as well have brought punk. What, what, what I have brought is a piece of progressive house, which, to be, to be fair, I wasn't tasked to bring. I brought... Uh, yeah, go rip it to pieces, then. <laughs> what you brought here, Neil, is, in my opinion, it's uh, techno... Uh, Acid techno, it's kind of in the in the same vein as uh, Aphex Twin, but there are elements of house in there that uh, come into play a bit later on in the song. I think it's a good piece of music. I liked it a lot. It, it does. It does have a very long intro, which kind of detracts from the old, the old house thing. Basically, I gathered mm. together all of the submissions we had sent into us that could possibly form the genre of house. As I say, this is very much in the progressive sub-genre, and this was the one I liked the best, so it's the one I brought. We, had a, we put it out on Twitter, and we had a fair few people on Twitter send over some house music, and we had some people sending emails of house music. I mean, I'm not going to complain, I do like it. It's uh, I like Aphex Twin, so I like this. It's very detailed in a, in a very funky way. It's using sounds and textures that don't sound like they should be there, but somehow that, that they do. I mean, effectively, the characteristics of house music from um, from what I can see are a sort of repetitive, prominent 4x4 beat, which which this has, an enhanced bass line. Fuzzy bass again. Mm. 
and yeah, it takes a while for it to kick in, um, <laughs> but it's there, it's present. It, I think overall, the, the reason I, I loved it so much is it was very reminiscent of the Blade Runner soundtrack for me, which put John Romo off. I love, I love, I'm a big EDM fan, and I love house music, I I can listen to house music all day. To me, house music is the shoegaze of the EDM world, and this this, this, this <laughs> doesn't quite fit for me, well, personally. This, I would say this is very shoegaze. Yeah. Mm, I, maybe. Depends, yeah. depends on how much acid I, I, I think if you're describing house music as, as the shoegaze of the EDM world, this is perfect. It's, it's too trippy. It's too trippy. I do like that description, honestly. House, I think. Uh, uh, and shoegaze isn't. I've got alternative techno written down. <laughs> mm, I guess. Rooks. Yeah, the intro was too long, but I think in the context of like a DJ set, if you were at like some kind of an alternative night, like a massive intro wouldn't be amiss. In, like as you move between tracks, I kind of qualified it in that direction. I mean, it's really interesting when it does kick in though, because I'm always a big fan of Foley sampling and you've got some really lovely interesting textures but they did have a tendency to get just a tiny bit too chaotic and a lot of the lovely details kind of got a little bit lost and I'd like to have seen some of them given a chance to shine a little bit but I did really enjoy there was a nod to 16-bit or chiptune um, genre within within the programmed lead guitars which I really like and I think as an abstract mm, piece it was really yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. Wayne Right, okay, I'll, I'll finish up with all the info and whatnot. So, the description of house music is, house is a genre of EDM characterised by a, repeti- a, a repetitive four-on-the-floor beat with a tempo of 120 to 130 BPM. House comes from Chicago. There's no four-on-the-floor on this. Exactly. House comes from... So, what, what exactly um, is four-on-the-floor? One, two, three, That's four, exactly, bass drum just doing yeah. beat. Just, just fell on me. Where the fuck did that go? It just fell out the sky. He's got a a crisp ghost. (laughs) Uh, So House comes from Chicago, and uh, it was sort of formed in the early 80s, late 70s. It is from the, um, his roots lie in disco and in the gay clubs of Chicago. It was also sort of linked loosely to Brooklyn as well, but predominantly it was born in Chicago. Same as what happened with disco um there's a big battle i was watching some very interesting documentaries today on on house music and there was a massive turning point for house music in the early 80s where this dj who had been sacked by a record company because they'd changed from rock to disco uh, sorry from disco sorry yeah from rock to disco he went and invaded one of the chicago baseball stadiums and got all the people to bring their disco albums to burn and it turned into sort of trumpism in the early 80s they, they didn't just bring disco records they bought uh, predominantly black r&b records as well and blew them up, literally blew them up. And there was a st- anyway going off on one with that. Um, because of its roots uh, being associated to it with uh, the black community and the gay community, house music was driven underground. It was then sort of brought back to the light by um, this guy called Jesse Saunders and his track On and On. It is um, it is a defining moment of of house music that and indie. Um, like early 80s indie and house music share the same DNA because it's all done um, on the cheap in people's bedrooms in people's garages putting music together um, and then shoving it out to record um, to record stores rather than through a record company do you reckon that's why it's called house because it originated in people's houses oh yeah there's, so, there's a couple yeah. of reasons behind that um, house is because it's called house because like you said it, it was it was made in their houses also because the two clubs where it predominantly came up this is like you're 50 50 on this you know you speak to some people they'll say it's because we made it in our houses the other people will say it was played because it was played in a club called the warehouse another club called the powerhouse 
So that's where it's predominantly played. Um, early early house music was made on a Roland TR-808 drum machine, um, a Prophet, and a Roland TR-303. Um, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Pivotal people, pivotal people within house are Larry Levan, uh, Frankie Knuckles, and Ron Hardy. That, those three guys, to be honest, you know, house goes a different way completely it, it crossed the atlantic it didn't really move from chicago but somehow it made it to england uh, by 1986 and obviously the hacienda which opened in 1982 wasn't doing so good and then house music landed and then by 1988 uh, 1988 house music was bloody everywhere and in one of the documentaries i was saying he said that this guy um, i think he was frankie knuckle said that he didn't think house music could uh, leave would leave chicago and then he ends up at the barry island music festival in in, in, uh, in wales at a, at a EDM festival there. So yeah, I'm in agreement with you, Rich. This, this isn't house music. It's very experimental. It's very sort of in the vein of Kraftwerk and Jean-Michel Jarre, that sort of thing. I like it. It's, you know, like you said, Neil Vangelis-esque, you know, that, that sort of thing. But I don't think it's house music. Good choice, though. Yeah, good choice. Cool. Cool. And I think that's all exhausted. Mm. I've actually, I actually disappeared for 10 minutes there, Wayne. Um, you always do when I talk. It's, it's the most disrespectful thing you do on the podcast. I, I went down, I had to go and do something quickly downstairs. I thought, slowly interrupt him. And uh, I thought, no, I'll go, I'll come back. He won't notice. But obviously I've told you, so defeats the object. It was interesting what I was saying about house music, wasn't it, Rich? I'll, 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 let you, I'll let you know when I listen to it back. Awkward much. Anyway, yeah, so that was that. Oh, we need to choose a new genre, a next genre, a genre, some genre. For next time. It's for you. Oh, we're going to use the Bible this week because Wayne's got the Bible back. He's got the genre that you haven't heard this music podcast genre Bible. Yeah. I'm glad that you cleared that up because no. for a moment I thought no. you actually you, meant a Bible. You can, you can purchase no. that piece at Merchandise website. To go. You can't, but hopefully one day you might be able to. A hardback version. Who knows? Um, have you got it, Wayne? Yeah, it's in my hand. Is it all in order and everything as well? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, Rooks, would you like to choose a letter? Any letter? Any letter? Okay, I'm going to go with R. Cool. Because Rooks, so why not? Have you got the R page, Wayne? Yep. Um, what are the choices? That's about 50. Wow, well, just choose a number from 1 to 50. <laughs> uh, for 16. Ooh, on the next episode, Rich, you've got to find the music of Rare Groove. Ooh. Rare as in R-A-R-E. <laughs> Rare Groove, yeah. Rare Groove. Gujarati mm. music and dance. Gujarati. Mm. <laughs> and this is my gift. Oh, I've missed the Bible I have. <laughs> wow. Yeah, good. Rare groove. Gujarati. I don't even know what Gujarati is. Sounds good, though, doesn't it? No, I can't wait. Ooh. Right, so yeah, that, 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 that's me. That, that, that's what I've got to do. And uh, we're going to move on to our next section, our final <laughs> section, which is our artist spotlight section. Oh yeah, Rooks, hello. Thank you for your patience oh, yeah. in getting this far. It's been like a computer game. Not everybody makes it to the end, but you've made it to the end. It's like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I have. It's been very entertaining. It's been a fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. You know what? I work, I work with a lot of tech, um, and I do it on stage, and you just can't avoid these things happening sometimes i always end up saying yeah. those who live but by the sword die by the talked sword in the past about doing this this show on stage like you know uh, taking it on you know to mm. different festivals or whatever oh it'd be awful it'd be fucking awful oh, yeah. oh god can you oh, imagine brilliant brilliant you get 50 you get you get 15 minutes and it's now 80, 80 minutes in <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. but yeah 
So, Rooks, for the uninitiated, those that don't know, who is Rooks? What what is your mm. what is your ethos? What are you all about? Mm. Oh, good grief! What a meta question. What it, what I'm all about? Uh, okay, well. Um, Rooks is my solo project. It's it's pop music, but not as you know it. Partly because I have a very unique voice quality, that much I have gathered, which may, meant that for a long time I didn't think I could sing pop music because I didn't really think it would work. But it's um, but I also write pop music that I want to find in the world, but I can't. It doesn't exist. And some of that is to do with lyrical content and some of it is to do with adventurous production. But there are basically is a very almost a set flavour of pop music around at the moment, which isn't very adventurous at all. And, um, and so a lot of what I do is attempting to break that mould. But also in terms of all aspects of what I deliver, I'm always trying to push for something okay. a little bit different. That was, that was a really good Ooh, I answered that better than I thought I would. Um... I don't know what you. Oh, I don't hey. quite get what you mean about your voice. I thought I think your voice is very. You've got a very clear, very pure voice. I like you. I like your vocals. I think they're very nice. I think you've got kind of like not the same kind of sound, but an Annie Lennox kind of quality you. to your vocals. If, if that's what you meant by like different. Yeah, and and to be fair, I will always lap up that comparison because um, she's one of my heroes, and I grew up with her her voice, her albums playing in the house all the time. So she has shaped the kind of the natural direction of my um, of the evolution of my voice in a way that I've just I've just embraced really. But having said that there's only really a handful of voices that have um almost more of a a kind of a classical angle to their projection in pop music now these days the rest of the time it's very much kind of a very ariana grande kind of beyonce vocal acrobatics and and that's not really what i offer you know it's it's there isn't like a kind of a modern equivalent of of people who are really pushing the boundaries of music within pop oh, yeah. anymore in the way that Bjork did in the 90s. So consequently, there are, like, pop voices are getting narrower and narrower in their sound. And unless you're listening very hard, you can listen to five of them back to back and the yeah. artists all sound exactly yeah, the same. you're right. And I, I do miss that in pop music. I'm not a big fan of pop music. That's one of the reasons I listen to so much alternative mm. music but yeah you, you're like Annie Lennox and yourself you've got a very nuanced voice it's yeah it's it's not show off it's not show offy in the way like Christina Aguilera was or people like that but it's got something that they don't mm. and it makes you stand out thank you I mean this is this is really what I've I've actually made a whole YouTube series about this um, it's called Pop Not Pop, and we're kind of coming into land on it now, the first series of it, which is about me writing and producing and exploring pop music from that perspective, from the perspective of someone who doesn't fit the typical pop mould. Because I, like you, don't necessarily like very much of the pop music in the landscape right now, but I love pop music in general. Like, the pop music of the 80s and, and even the 90s is is the stuff that really has motivated to make music, whereas the pop music that I find now, it, it, it does put me off. And I also enjoy a lot of alternative genres, and I'm, I'm attempting to bring a lot of the influences of those genres into the music I produce. Yeah, so that's pretty yeah, interesting. Your, your music yeah, it does have a very 80s... 90s quality to it you can tell that you take inspirations from but not only you know it's not you wouldn't listen to and think oh she's an 80s artist and 90s artist it's still quite contemporary at the same time who would you say you take your influence from for, mm. your, for 
you know, musicality wise? Oh gosh, my influences kind of range all over the map. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I always think it's good to take influences from those eras and from different people. But you, your job then is to innovate, not to mimic or to replicate that sound. So I think outside of like those kind of 80s and 90s references i've had comparisons with london grammar and st vincent has been has come up more than once i'm trying to think who else um i mean to be honest i i love i love certain artists that i try to inform my music one is bat for lashes she has a really lovely balance of like 80s and contemporary influences in her I think I might love you a little bit. Sound. Um, <laughs> yay! I'm, I don't have a problem with that. Um, and uh, But also Florence and the Machine was a massive influence, especially on my first EP. Another artist called Fink, who not a ton of people know about, really, which always makes me a bit sad. But Fink was on from Bristol and was on Ninja Tune for a long time and uh, has moved to Berlin since. Um, but his stuff is basically, he was a DJ who loved blues music, and so he's fused those two kind of influences together, and the stuff he makes is fantastic. He's also a brilliant guitar player. So I always recommend people to listen to his stuff. It's very dark. And the stuff that I, ma- I make now particularly my last dp has been a bit poppy and shiny in comparison to the stuff that the kind of the darker influences that i reach for more naturally so the album that i'm writing that i've been writing while i've been making the pop not pop youtube series which will also be called pop not pop because in the series i'm making the album during like in real time and then basically popping episodes of me making the album on the internet like that's got a much darker tone than liminal which was my last dp um, and a lot of the 80s, 90s influences are still there, but I'm basically amping it up um, because the subject matter is is a lot darker and a lot more complex. So that's been is quite nice. Is this you bring in today EP from the Liminal EP? Yeah, I've given you my, my shiniest, yeah. most glittery song <laughs> in contrast <laughs> to everything I just said. <laughs> Yeah, so Liminal's the title track from the EP that I released in November 2019, which was my last um, my last kind of pop release. Um, I've released some remixes since then, but it's been but that was a terrific record, and it was it was my first record where I was very much representing myself as as being uh, queer as well as being an artist as well, and that was at the forefront of a lot of discussions and interviews, which was really exciting for me because I I didn't have a lot of hmm. that kind of representation when I was growing up, so it's a real privilege to be able what to provide about? that to other younger people. Yeah, that's what my mum used to say when she <laughs> was angry about you queer. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, using the original the original yeah, yeah. tab in this case it means lgbtq uh so yeah but yeah oh, gosh, oh i've never that heard that reference for a long time that's really? so funny you both really me queer. for a second <laughs> not, not in that not in that context <laughs> really anyway yeah. Mm, yeah when my nan was feeling a bit peaky um she used to say oh was it my nan or was it my grandma great-grandmother probably exactly. say, oh, come yeah yeah i've, I've heard yeah. that but not not angry <laughs> oh. gay men say it to the gay men i've come over all clear that's that, that was yeah, yeah so along with many other so bad many puns. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so, what's I was going to say, gigs and shows and stuff, but this, this is just not happening, is it? Well, 
I mean, look, it's not been ideal. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shy away from that. We are in a really terrible big world. Are we? Event. I've noticed. Um, <laughs> but I'm a big. But sh- I know, right? Shocking. But I'm a big believer in adaptation. So I've have been basically doing live streams. I did one for you actually, and and I've I've just booked a couple more, which is exciting. Um, I'm trying not to do them too frequently not because i don't like them in fact i really like them i did two i've done two or three full length ones that have been full sets of an hour plus which were truly delightful and it was and it's kind of fun for me because i've been doing them in my home studio so everything's been to hand which is like such a luxury because most of the time when i'm even when i've been headlining a tour like you are setting up from scratch every time and you're hoping to God you've got all the correct gear and you haven't left a lead in the last venue or, you know, there's there's always like a little bit, like I always feel a bit nervy setting up until I've seen that everything is in place, that I've brought all the correct equipment and that everything's working. No, but I don't have to deal with exactly any of that anxiety <laughs> doing live streams. Yeah. yeah, and if it's missing, it's my fault. So, so it would just be about time to say that we're doing another festival um, soon. <laughs> She said you didn't want you don't oh, want to hooray! do too many. Well, I'll, I mean, I'm not by not doing too many. I basically okay. just mean I'm trying not to do them weekly, or you know, because some I've noticed some artists have really like pushed like lent into them, and for some artists that's worked really well. Some um, people have done them to death. Yeah, for myself personally, I like to try and mix it up a little bit, and that goes for when I'm actually playing live in in real gig venues as well. If I get too comfortable in a gig set, I find that that doesn't appeal to me. So sometimes I'll just switch the set up or I'll throw in a cover or I'll change up a transition. And which in many ways is very risky because my sets are usually highly electric and have lots of technology. In. But I, I like to I like people to feel like they're coming to a gig and there's something fresh for them, especially and also because some of my fans have been with me across multiple projects, stretching almost to ten years now. So when they come, when they're kind of logging on, I want there to be something a bit different. But it's it often takes time to develop new bits and bobs, and I want to make sure that I'm delivering them to a high standard. So I yeah, so I tend to I, I like to spread them out, spread out the live streams. And obviously, you do not just in music, like you say, you've got you. you... YouTube things, series and things. I mean, is the music business your business? Is is this what you do or for like full time? Very much so. Yeah, it has been. Oh, oh goodness, for over a year now, I think I've been full time in various different capacities, really, because uh, you know I'm I'm a performer um, and a writer, um, and I also um, top line, which is writing melodies or singing melodies for other people's songs in. EDM, which I know you're a fan of now, hooray, and other maybe dance tracks like that. But I also produce, um, so I'm actually, can't talk about the projects at the moment, but I've just started producing an artist that I'm really excited about. And so I'm making my record, but I'm also making a record with them and listening to their songs and uh, developing their tracks from my home studio. So that's exciting. But I also work as a consultant for music technology companies, there's a lot of ways to earn money in music industry, but you just kind of have to be aware of what kind of opportunities are available. To you. I can't seem to fucking find any of them. Um... <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Send me your CV. We'll sort you out. Oh yeah, thanks. Um, 
That sounded like really, really patronising. <laughs> I'm very sorry. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, yeah, she sounds so busy. I don't, I don't know how you get time to do anything for yourself. It's it's more like I'm someone who likes to have a couple of plates spinning at the same time. Like all I... the plates spinning at the same time. <laughs> in the manner of those, like you know, the great restaurants that have like those performers in in the middle, and you know, they're yeah. doing all kinds of exciting things with plates. I mean, I do. I'm I'm getting better as I'm getting older at being more disciplined about that. Often, I mean, surprisingly, no one tells you how to do that, how to manage your time in order to not get burnt out or go insane. But as time passes, I am getting better at it. And the thing is, not all of those projects that I'm like, I, I gave you like a slew of job descriptions, essentially, not all of those are running at the same time. Okay. Usually, it's two or three that might be running parallel. To, but no, goodness, I couldn't do it all at once. That would be a nightmare. But they're like, it's like, you know, being a project manager, you pick up projects and you complete projects and then you take on another project and it might be in a slightly different area. Um, Well, it keeps it interesting, you know, you're not doing the same thing over and over again, doesn't get boring. Wayne's cuckoo clock's going off. (laughs) That's exciting. So he's muted himself this time, he usually forgets to mute himself. (laughs) Oh, there it is. Oh my gosh, there it is. (laughs) That's so cute. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, but it is something that you you have to figure out for yourself, really, is how to make sure that you're having time off. I think a lot of people who freelance struggle with that just anyway, because it's an endless to-do list. Yeah, I imagine it could be quite easy for you to burn yourself out. Mm, yeah, done it a couple of times, not keen to repeat those experiences. Mm. So our listeners, now followers, if they want to find you, and I'd imagine you're in a lot of different places, like mm. your different projects and the likes, where, can, where, where should they find you? If they're partial to the social media, they can find me basically on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I mostly live on Instagram and Twitter, and my handle is the same for all of them, which is I am Rooks, and there's an E between the K and the S, which makes me easier to find. But you can also find uh, my music on every every streaming and download platform imaginable, and especially on Bandcamp, who are rather wonderful. And you can also find a couple of exclusives on there in terms of tracks and merch. But lastly, of course, I fund actually a large portion of my activities through um, I have been a Patreon artist for about four years. And so we have a very a lovely tight knit community on there of people who um, chip in financially to my work. And they get to uh, not just kind of get early access to things, but also to help me shape my projects and talk to me about them as I'm making them. So, so yeah, so basically if people are interested in terms of like a hub for everything I do, probably head to patreon.com and find me there. Cool. How do you grow your Patreon? Because, I mean, we've got lots of followers. I mean, on Twitter, people can't get enough of us on Twitter. Mm. Patreon, nothing. Can't, not, not a sniff. I mean, it's, it's awful. I mean, how, how do you grow a Patreon? Well, the thing with Patreon is I think there's something about Patreon that I don't know if a lot of people have clocked onto, which is, for example, on Bandcamp, there is a Bandcamp community. There are people that are on, that will find, discover artists through just being on Bandcamp. On Patreon, it's more like you basically have to invite people to migrate from your other platforms onto Patreon rather than there being a set community already. Anywhere that you have a um that you've grown a community so say for example if you have like a great following on facebook or a great following on twitter 
that's where you need to be talking about your Patreon and advertising it regularly and letting people know that it's there. That's probably that's the thing. I mean, I, in my head, I already knew that. You know, I need to push it. You know, it's <laughs> like, like like I did with Twitter. I just yeah. need to push it, and I, yeah. and, I, and I don't. It's just yeah. it's like, I, in my head, I know you don't push Patreon, that's why you gain nothing. And for some reason, I was hoping by asking you, you are going to say, well, you take this magic pill, and everybody comes, it's come from everywhere, you don't know where they're coming from. If you stand on your head and you say yabba-dabba-doo five times. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's kind of what I was hoping for, I think. Yeah, sadly, I, I do not have those kinds of powers or instructional no. foresight. But um, but yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, sometimes you just need a voice outside of your head to say it to you, don't you? You do, yeah, yeah. Um, and hopefully, yeah, and hopefully you'll be able to join us on that our uh, festival next month. That'd be great. We, we'd be doing it for a, a mental health charity this time. Awesome. Yeah, send yeah. me some deets. We will. We shall. Um, yeah. Any questions, lads? For me, yeah. I've never met another Bat for Lashes fan. This is incredible hey! for me. <laughs> oh, she's. I've loved that woman since she? like two thousand and four. Never met another. <laughs> never met another fan. <laughs> I've never met another woman. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing with your time? I, um, I worship at the altar of Natasha Khan. Thank you very much. She she is phenomenal. I also just love the fact that she she's an artist who very clearly dances, like, much to the tune of her own drum. And, she really is. And she does it in a very gracious way. I think there are some artists that have to do that in kind of more of a fuck you kind of way, but she, mm. does, she manages to do it in her her very own way which i always appreciate i mean to be fair despite the pop music veneer i'm also a little bit of a punk so i appreciate artists that do the marching to own drums but I, yeah i mean she's just a bit of an ethereal queen isn't she she is what's, what's your favorite song oh to be honest it's a, know, such an old, it's an oldie but a goldie i just I, i've always loved daniel but oh, to be God, honest yeah. i also got very addicted to kids in the dark lately oh if if you haven't come across it, and this is a thing for everyone, we've never promoted anybody else's podcast, and they sure as hell don't need our help. But if you go and find Song Exploder and go oh, and listen God, to yes. Bat for Lashes talk about kids in the dark, I've got it. I've listened to it like I, about twenty times. Well. It's fucking I'm, brilliant. I love Song Exploder, and thank you for the reminder, actually, because I will do that because I've been revisiting my favourite episodes of Song Exploder to keep me ticking over doing production yeah. for this album. Bat, so, Bat for Lashes yeah. is, uh, is one of the best ones I've listened to. It's really, really good. Awesome. I'll finish geeking out now, boys. You're all right. Neil, <laughs> anything you want to ask? Not really, no. I think we've pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Just um, <laughs> for, for, for me, just to say, you know, thanks thanks for coming on, uh, Rooks. You've been a, a, a brilliant guest. Um, oh, you know, really, really sort of hooked in with us. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, it's been a real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And the song we're playing out—is it this? Is it the uh, the same title as the EP? Yeah, that's right. This is this is a song called Liminal. Um, And actually, just as a side note, if you get a chance, we have a very lovely, heartwarming music video to go along with this, which you can find on YouTube. And it was shot uh, in a in an East London gay bar called The Glory and it has an all LGBTQ cast which is quite a feat and I don't I've been know in there. I don't yeah and I don't know many um artists that have necessarily managed to do that but it's such a great music video and it, it makes everyone feel warm and fuzzy and happy afterwards sounds awesome we'll, I will check that out and uh, Please. we'll leave all of your links in the show notes so everybody can check you out and go and show you some love and stalk you and everything great <laughs> I love a bit of lovable stalking a bit of lovable stalking <laughs> at a distance it's yeah. fine <laughs> social distance stalking it's 
good. You can go and find all the dinosaurs on my drive. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> right, so yeah, I think we're done here. I think we come to the end. So, we're coming to the end of the episode, Rich. What happens on the next episode? Same again, hopefully a bit smoother. Yes, so our guest on the next episode is Cyber Monday. Oh, yeah, that's right, that is correct. Yes, heads head as always. The scores on the doors at the moment are Rich on 8, me on 4, and Neely's on 2. Then we do the, we'll do the wild card again, we'll bring a new piece of music that nobody's heard uh, through our submissions. We'll do the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode, which is Rare Groove, and Rich is going to find some of that. And then we'll finish up, as always, with the artist spotlight. Tenacity. Yes. So, Rooks, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for your patience. Honest Aww. to God, it's not usually this bad. It was a pleasure. I don't think it, <laughs> it is actually was. this bad normally. No, it, it, but yeah, you've been a brilliant guest, so thank you. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, yeah, all that's left to say is, I've been Richie. I've been Wayne. Neil. And the guest has been... Right. Thank you for listening. If indeed. You still are. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. It's half the moon, it's half the room, but it's half too soon to tell if I need you yet. Getting needs met is never an issue, know everything but you test wrong Sing you out again, Simba.
What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with... Just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.